welcome fiends to the Double D Movie Night Podcast. So we're back now <laughs> after it's been a while. quite some time off. Um, here, let me do this. Like that. Ah, like that. Very nice. I know. Still still working on better equipment. What the fuck? Well, just, you know, just be careful. I know. I can see it. Okay. I'll fuck up for you. Anyways, so we're back now. And... Someone had mentioned to me about how they wanted me to do something on John Wayne Gacy. Well, knowing that this is a movie podcast, I was like, well, I know a couple Gacy movies, and we could watch that Mm -hmm. and review that, Mm -hmm. and then talk about a little bit about the true crime, Mm -hmm. and maybe compare... You know, life versus film or whatever mm-hmm. we feel like doing. So, that is the plan for today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, we don't know how we're going to do this yet, so you're going to have to suffer with us. Yeah. I apologize. Kind of. Not really. Not really. No. Okay. So, the movie we watched last night, actually, was... Um, Gacy, starring Mark Holton as Gacy, released in 2003. I guess I'll read the synopsis since I'm going to make you read some stuff. (laughs) Uh, Model citizen, devoted father, loving husband, and serial killer John Wayne Gacy. A man with over 30 dead men and boys entombed in the crawl space underneath his family house. Not comparing. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Film facts, there's not many of them. The character of Tommy Kovacs is a composite of two actual um, boys that had lived with John Wayne Gacy during his murder spree. I had trouble finding their names, but yeah, and they made it out, I I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, The program that the family is watching on television in various scenes throughout the whole film is Dahmer um, from 2002, which was also written by David Burke in the previous year, 2002, Mm -hmm. um, who also did this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And what is depicted as maggots in the film are actually mealworms. It's it's blatantly obvious that they're mealworms, um, which do not feed on dead animal life at all. They feed on meal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thus, mealworms. The pictures of clowns in the final sequences are supposed to suggest that they are images painted by John Wayne Gacy. Actually... They are copywritten, um, cellotype reproductions of the works of Sidney Grossman, uh, published in 1954. If you've seen his work and you compare it to the work that's in the movie, mm-hmm. you know it's not his. <laughs> like, not at all. Uh, David Burke, the writer, has written three movies about serial killers. We have Dahmer in 2002, um, about Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, Gacy, 2003, which is 
John Wayne Gacy, and The Freeway Killer in 2010 about William Bonin. Which I'm sure we we may put those into the series. Good. Because this might end up being a series if we like uh, what we're doing here. Yeah. Okay. How about... I... <laughs> I have this broken up into little little chunks. Mm-hmm. You guys get to hear us talk. Uh, I have this broken up into little chunks. Um, I don't know. Like, we have the intro to him, and then after that stuff. Um, it's broken up in like, murders, and his life, and his past, and all that. So, if there's anything you're uncomfortable talking about, you should probably tell me. Okay. So, I'll start. John Wayne Gacy, a.k.a. The Killer Clown... Uh, that's who we're talking about here. Not from outer space. Pretty cool though, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, John Wayne Gacy was an American serial killer and sex offender known as a killer clown who assaulted and murdered at least 33 young men and boys. Born March 17, 1942 in Chicago, Illinois, and died May 10, 1994 in Stateville Correctional Center, Crest. The son of Danish and Polish parents, Gacy and his siblings grew up with an alcoholic father who would beat the children with a razor strip and, oh, sorry, a razor strip if they were perceived to have misbehaved. His father physically assaulted Gacy's mother as well. Gacy suffered further alienation at school, unable to play with other children due to congenital heart condition that was looked upon by his father as another failing. He later realized he was attracted to men and experienced great turmoil over his sexuality. Okay. So, his father beat him and all of his siblings. Mm-hmm. And, um, what razor strap is when you're using a straight razor, like the folding straight yeah. razor, um, that's what you use to sharpen it. Mm-hmm. You see them in barbers, barbers, barber shops, barber yes, shops. That's what they're called. Well, some people don't know what they are. Some people only ever used a Bic. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, he used to beat the shit out of his mom. And uh, it said that all the children in the house were beaten so often that they actually turned off the crying emotion. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't cry anymore, which is fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then, yeah, all the sexuality stuff popped up. Okay. Let's talk about his work life. Okay. Ready? Here mm-hmm. we go. Growing tired of his abusive father, Gacy decided to move to Las Vegas, Nevada, where he was 20 years old. Nope. Nope. He wasn't 20 when he was there, but it was when he was 20 years old. Let me reread that. Yes. Growing tired of his abusive father, Gacy decided to move to Las Vegas, Nevada, when he was 20 years old. There, he took a job as an assistant at Palm Mortuary. This stoked his early fascination with death as he watched the morticians and studied the embalming process. Following his arrest, he revealed to a psychiatrist that he had conducted quote-unquote experiments on the deceased. Gacy slept on a cot behind the embalming room, so he regularly had access to mortuary to mortuary to the mortuary after hours. One night, he even decided to climb into a coffin. Get ready, it's super fun. Mm-hmm. In the book, In Buried Dreams, Inside the Mind of John Wayne Gacy, author Tim Cahill writes, John got inside the coffin with a body. 
He wanted to feel death in the darkness. And there was a fear, a terrible fear, like someone coming who would discover him there. Only there was no sound at all. No one would find him. He was still afraid. Left shaken by the incident, Gacy had called his mother and asked if he could return home. I mean, abusive father, (laughs) dead body one time. Mm. Mm, Well, maybe, maybe more than one time. Maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, seeing mortality like that, I guess, could be upsetting. But not enough to send me back to an abusive family. Mm. Sorry. So, Gacy worked as a fast food chain manager during the 1960s and became a self-made building contractor and Democratic... I can never say that word. Can you tell me what that word says? Precinct? Say that. Precinct. Thank you. Um, Captain... I can never say it. In the Chicago suburbs in the 1970s. Well liked in his community, Gacy organized cultural gatherings and was active in political organizations and the JC's civic group. He was married and divorced twice and had two biological children in addition to two stepdaughters. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. Sure. Just in his work life. Um, but, yeah... I believed he the fast food chain he owned was KFC um, in Illinois. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, he had a lot of access to young boys and seeing young boys and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. So, that, that was his work life as deep as I was going into that. After the whole mortuary thing, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> gross. Okay. Do you want to read about him being a clown? Sure. Clown, can you read that? Clown. I am not a clown. I am not a clown. Gacy was a member of a Chicago area Jolly Joker clown club and frequently performed in clown attire and makeup at children's parties, charity fundraisers, and other events. When he killed, he sometimes dressed as his alter ego, uh, Pogo the Clown or Patches the Clown. Years later, during a conversation with detectives while he was under surveillance, Gacy discussed his work as a clown, remarking, clowns can get away with murder. Yeah. So, this line here, um, when he killed, he sometimes dressed as his alter egos. I don't think so. Personally, I don't feel like he did. Probably not. I feel like that's a separate entity in its own right. That's... Like, th- there's chunks of him, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, like, this perverted, at-home, fucked-up individual. And then there's his clown persona. And then there's the, you know, Democratic persona and the businessman persona. I feel mm-hmm. like that, that they did they don't mesh together. So I don't buy that sentence, um, really. Man, unless he was really going to get blood out of his costumes. I mean, really, in the film... Okay, real quick. In the film... <laughs> Um, he does attempt, well, he not, no, he successfully kills somebody uh, while having his face paint on mm-hmm. and his his clown outfit, costume, mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, about halfway on. I mean, I feel like that's a misconception. I feel like that's, that's a myth because I hear it more often than not that he never did that. And mm-hmm. I, and I truly do believe that. And I don't believe that he had, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
alter egos. Um, yeah. I feel like he was always the same person. He just designated special places and times for those things. Right. You know, he seems if he he seemed like a pretty good businessman and a pretty good guy that could bullshit you. So I feel like he wouldn't have crossed any of those over mm -hmm. into each other. But anyways, I'm just ranting. Okay, so let's talk about crimes. Mm -hmm. In 1968, Gacy was con convicted of sexually assaulting two teen boys and a 10-year-old... Whoa, mm -hmm, not what I said. In 1968, Gacy was convinced of sexually assaulting two teen boys and given a 10-year prison sentence. He was released on parole in the summer of 1970, but was arrested again the following year after uh, another teen had accused, accused Gacy of sexual assault. The charges were dropped when the boy didn't appear during the trial. He first murdered in 1972, and at least 29 subsequent victims were killed after his divorce from his second wife in 1976. That's a really small gap. Yeah. Um, yikes. That's like super escalation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like escalation happens over a longer period of time than just four years. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's just me. Uh, investigation into the disappearance of a Des Moines teenager, Robert Peist, led to Gacy's arrest in 1920, 1921. The fuck? <laughs> On December 21st, 1978. In the middle of the 70s, two young males accused Gacy of rape and he would be questioned by police about the disappearance of others. Gacy referred to this period of his life as his cruising years um, when he committed most of his murders. We're going to talk about one of the helpful Henrys that got him busted right here. Do you want to read about him or do you want me to? Because okay. it, it's pretty nasty. Okay, I'm, I'll read it. Okay. Um, Jeffrey Ringnall uh, survived Gacy and helped lead to his discovery. Gacy lured the 26-year-old Ring Ringnall, I cannot say that, into his car, promising to give him a ride and to smoke a joint with him. Gacy then held a rag soaked in chloroform over Ringnall's over Ringnall's mouth until he passed out. Ringnall woke up intermittently during the car ride to Gacy's house, but was chloroformed again each time he stirred and eventually lapsed into unconsciousness. When Rignall awoke, he was inside of Gacy's house. Uh, Rignall was fastened to a torture device called the rack. The device kept Rignall restrained on a wooden board suspended by chains with holes for his arms and head to go through. <sighs> this is the girl's part. Gacy stood naked in front of him with an array of dildos and described what he was going to do with them. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, no, no. That's yucky. Yucky, yucky. Um, <clears throat> Ragnall uh, regained consciousness under a statue in Chicago's Lincoln Park. He made it back to his girlfriend's house and she took him to Northwestern Memorial Hospital where he stayed for six days. In the hospital, Ragnall recounted the experience to police but they were skeptical of his story and did not actually issue an arrest warrant but later on um, after all of this had gone mm -hmm. the whole thing is, is over he actually did write a book which I do want to read um, hopefully I'll get a chance to snag it and read it but yeah um, that's the fucked up shit yeah. <laughs> 
But he used to troll like this all the time. This guy just happened to get away. Mm. I mean, that's how he got all the guys in, you know, let's go smoke a joint. Let's go, I'll pay you for this and that. He didn't necessarily get away. He let him go for some reason. I mean, yeah, he, that's that's the scene in the movie. Yeah. That's why I brought up this one in particular is mm-hmm. because it mirrors, well, the movie mirrors the story in a much softer way. Yeah. Because, thank God I didn't have to see Mark naked. <laughs> no offense, but I did not need to see him naked. I got to see his ankles and calves enough, you know? I'm good. That's the one that got away. Okay, you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Alrighty. Casey had told police that the murders had been committed by an alternate personality, while mental health professionals testified for both sides about Gacy's mental state. After a short jury deliberation, Gacy was ultimately found guilty of committing 33 murders, and he became known as one of the most ruthless serial killers in U.S. history. He was sentenced to serve 12 death sentences and 21 natural life sentences. Casey was imprisoned at the Maynard Correctional Center in Illinois for almost a decade and a half, appealing the sentence and offering contradictory statements on the murders in interviews. Though he had confessed, Casey later denied being guilty of the charges and had a 900 telephone number set up with a 12-minute recorded statement declaring his innocence. Get three more paragraphs. What? (laughs) Can I have chips? Can I get some chips? Yes, you can have a little bit of chips. Not the whole bag. It's going to be one chip in the bag. Probably. Okay. Okay. As both anti-death penalty forces and those in favor of the execution made their opinions known, Casey died by lethal injection on May 10th, 1994 at the Stateville Correctional Center in Crest Hill, Illinois. Let's talk about his art. Um, While imprisoned at the Maynard Correctional Center, Gacy took up studying the visual arts, especially painting. His paintings were shown to the public via an exhibition at the Chicago Gallery, at a Chicago Gallery. Many of his paintings depicted Gacy as Pogo the Clown. Not only that, but Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, a bunch of, like, Disney characters. He did a lot of weird shit. (laughs) He looked weird. Like, even if that was a normal person, mm-hmm. that's fucking weird. That's weird. In 2017, um, Mullock's auctions in Shropshire, UK, auctioned off a number of Gacy's artworks as well as crime scene photos from his trial. Three of Gacy's paintings, including two originals of I'm Pogo the Clown, and they call him Mr. Gacy, sold for £4,000 and... 325 pounds, respectively. Eight other works were went unsold. Okay, I got a question for you. How do you feel about um, serial killers' artwork being exhibited, if not sold? Um, I mean, not for their personal gain, because I know they can't do that. Right. But how do you feel about it being out there in the world? I mean, it's whatever, I mean. Well, some people are really, 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 like, passionate about the idea of not giving them even the slightest thought. Like, having someone, you know, we know we know musicians that have their artwork. I have some friends that have a couple mm-hmm. of serial killers' artworks. And it's like, I see it from the collector's standpoint. Mm-hmm. If you want to spend your own money and 
Yeah, and you're not technically supporting it. You're not, you know, technically, you know, you know, making their crimes seem lesser or anything. It's right. just, it's a collection standpoint. I was just curious what you thought on it. Because no. we never really spoke about such a thing. Yeah, that's your thing, that's your thing, you know. Okay. I, I listened to a podcast where guys, you know, well, they talk to people who are in prison for stuff like that, too. But they're also, you know, they know the one guy has a big collection of stuff from various... Excuse me. <laughs> from various uh you know criminals that he's had interactions with so yeah i mean you know it's not like he's out there going oh this is the coolest shit ever no it's like you know i got this thing from this guy who did a thing <laughs> yeah i mean some of the artwork is is beautiful yeah i mean I, it hurts art so i mean i watched uh, i think it's called serial killer culture mm -hmm. um it's a documentary and you know more recent like um mass shooters mm -hmm. i know this doesn't this isn't like something soft to talk about but um some of these people what they have in their heads mm -hmm. and they put it onto canvas or paper or envelopes or whatever the fuck they're using some of them are fucking talented and i hate to say that because i want to be like oh what a piece of shit but at the same time it's like if you look at it and you don't think about that and you're like that's artwork yeah so yeah, that's how I see it. I see it as you want to drop two grand on a fucking pa really bad painting of Sleepy, then fucking do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. The Chicago Times <laughs> reports the home is in the same location as Gacy's house, but had a different address. According to the publication, the three-bed, two-bathroom home was built after Gacy's ranch was demolished in 1979 during the search for the bodies and given a new address. Switching the number from 8213 to 8215. The listing set at $459,000 makes no mention of the history of the property, only mentioning its huge backyard, separate dining room, living room, and family room with beautiful two-sided fireplace. It calls the home a must-see. Yeah. Here comes another question. If you were to uh, okay we bought this house mm -hmm. and if a previous owner had killed numerous people and stuffed them in the property would you be okay with that <sighs> i don't know that's a tough one yeah that's another thing is see there, there's like there's like okay you know Somebody went nuts here and killed their family. Amityville Horror. Okay. Yeah. But there was a psycho serial killer who fucking buried like 40 guys under the house. It's a lot of energy involved there. <laughs> yeah, right? There's a lot of bad juju in that. Right? I'm not yeah. wrong. Okay. Right. So, yes. Okay. So, you would be fine in a murder house like, say, Amityville House. I mean... It doesn't even have to be to that extent. I mean, it shit happens all the time. I mean, you look at the city in downtown. You I know, know. People are getting shot all over the place. I mean, people still live in those houses afterwards. I mean, it shit happens. But, like I said, it's, but, I mean, you got one guy who has been doing this shit for years and numerous people. It's fucking it's gross, like, dude. Mm, yeah, and exactly. so, if the house was that knocked ground, down... That ground under the house is just saturated with... Ugh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so what you're saying is even if the house was knocked down and rebuilt it it would be a no for you yeah because it's not even like the people got killed in there and then he moved them somewhere else i mean he buried them under the damn house <laughs> yeah there's dead people dirt in there right yeah i'm not a big fan of that so all right well now we cleared that up next time we buy a house make sure not if if a family died fine but if a whole bunch of kids died not good gotcha okay we currently know is that john wayne gacy has 33 plus um, victims yeah um between 1972 and 1978 he buried most of the victims in the crawl space underneath the house mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he confessed he confessed after being arrested um which then we read just now that he was like no 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 right. I'm, a, I'm innocent <laughs> you liar um most of all the bodies were identified <sighs> how did i end up having to read all the sad names um most of the bodies were identified um but eight bodies at the time eight bodies um could not be identified mm-hmm. um but most recently uh cook county authorities used dna evidence to ident- identify gacy's unidentified victims um so they found one in 2017 um his victim considered victim number 24 uh he was identified as 16 year old james jimmy byron hagginson um so i have uh i have a list of victims because i feel like i feel like in a lot of things victims sort of get skipped over yeah and you talk about the horrific things that were done to them but not about them mm-hmm. or even mention their names let's just keep in mind there's 33 of them so i couldn't go in and read you every single detail of their fucking lives right. but um i do have the date they went missing and their names so i think um what i'm gonna do is uh read off the list of names and the day they went missing so that's it's sad so sorry guys to put a real damper on this super fun podcast that we just recorded that wasn't disturbing (laughs) okay this is the list of victims timothy mccoy age 15 went missing on january 3rd 1972 john bukovich 17 uh was missing on july 29th 1975 daryl samson 18 april 6th 1976 June 13th, 1976. Rick Johnston, 17, August 6th, 1976. Kenneth Parker, 16, October 24th, 1976. William Bundy, uh, 19, October 26th, 1976. Gregory Gotzik, 17, December 12th, 1976. John Sick, 19, January 20th, 1977. John Prestige, 20, March 15th, 1977. Matthew Bowman, 19, July 5th, 1977. Robert Gilroy, 18, September 15th, 1977. 
John Maori, 19, September 25th, 1977. Russell Nelson, 2021, October 17th, 1977. Robert Winch, 16, November 10th, 1977. Tommy Bowling, 20 years old, November 18th, 1977. David Talsma, 19, December 9th, 1977. William Kindred, 19, February 16th, 1978. Timothy O'Rourke, 20 years old, June 16th, um, or through the 23rd, uh, 1978. Frank Langdon, 19, November 4th, 1978. James Mazzara, 21, November 4th, 1978. Robert Peist, 15, December 11th, 1978. And the seven other victims still remain unidentified, <clears throat> except for the one I had mentioned. So sources for this podcast, um, well, the true crime aspect of this podcast uh, was the Chicago Tribune biography.com, NBC Chicago, and listverse.com where I found all of my tasty little tidbits and some things I didn't even know about him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, especially finding finding out who the extra boy was. It was right. nice. But so as far as the movie went, now you know all this fun stuff about him mm -hmm. and all the stuff that you knew previously about him. Mm -hmm. What did you think about that movie? I mean, you know, probably don't know as many details as you do about stuff, but I mean, I think it was pretty close. I mean, they definitely took some serious liberties. Some real bad liberties. I mean, but I mean, it, it didn't make the movie bad because it's a movie. It's not based on a true story. It's it's loosely based. Right, right. Right? Is that what it said in the beginning? Uh, or it was it like... It said it was inspired by. Inspired. So I'm not going to assume that they're going to do 100% research and find out every single detail possible because mm -hmm. I've seen some of his other um, what's his name the guy that wrote this movie <laughs> uh, David Burke yeah. I always want to say Dirk because I'm just mixing the two names together anyways David Burke um, I saw Dahmer mm -hmm. and it's not true to to the life at all right. but it's still a catchy movie I mean Hawkeye plays Dahmer oh you never saw that movie? Oh no. shit! It's it's like bringing the past out. It's he's not proud of that one. I don't think <laughs> it's a good one though. I like that one. Just like Misha played uh, one of yeah, the yeah, yeah. what's his balls? Yeah, I don't remember which one it was, but yeah. You guys know who Misha is, right? He played that guy. Fuck, Tammy. Tammy and Homolka. Homolka. Yeah. Homolkas. The Homolkas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those two fucking pieces of shit in Canada. <laughs> yeah, it was like the Barbie and Ken killers. That's what that was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, it's not horrible. I really, really like Mark Holton playing Gacy. I feel like he was rotund. He was. Like him. And he, he gave this kind of good neighbor feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean... The whole time I was watching it, I saw him as Pee-wee's neighbor. Yeah. And he was just, dead. Like, that's all I could fucking see. But, I mean, as he was great in this. I gotta say. I gotta see a lot of his ankles. That wasn't sexy. <laughs> that was nasty. And I gotta see him doing some weird shit. 
Not to mention the big dildo in that drawer that his wife seemed to completely miss. Yeah. That was a that was like my forearm. That thing was huge. <laughs> that was gross. Okay, so for a serial killer movie, how do you feel about this? I mean, how ma- how many of those monkey paws are you raising in it? Uh, I don't know. Th- three and a half. Three and a half monkey paws. All right. I would say four. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest serial killer movie, you know. I mean, it was... well, no, I mean it could have been better. And mm-hmm. I haven't watched all of the other Gacy right m- movies, not documentaries, but movies, because there are I think two or three more. But yeah, I mean, I would give it four only because if you're if you're just getting into serial killers, that's a pretty soft one to start with. Sure. Not not as a case, but as as a serial killer movie. It's mm-hmm. a soft one. I'd say this much. One thing this movie would do for you is it would make you realize how dumb people can be. <laughs> it's like, like the one scene where he pretended to be a cop and pretended to arrest that guy. I'm like... Oh, the fuck. All right, first of all, that guy is not passing for a cop. No. <laughs> He's got... He had a regular old car. He wasn't a policeman type. And then he didn't like bring him back to the station. He brought him back to his house and talked to him. Yeah. That's a little shit. Second of all, the cops, <laughs> the neighbors, anybody who lived in or went to his house, uh, uh, they all mentioned the spell the smell, but nobody was fucking, you know, curious enough to Yeah. You know I don't that that dude's neighbor was like flooded with fucking nasty right? dead body water. I'd be taking that shit, putting in vials, and be like, someone should test this. Is this people? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's gotta be something. There's people in here. Because it's not sewage. That Like, that plumber was like, should know, this is not sewage. And he sewage. was down there. That exterminator... He had multiple people down there. That exterminator should have known, that's not sewage, that's rot. <laughs> that's dead bodies. Those cops that came to his house, they should have known. <laughs> Yeah, and like, yeah, his house smelled like shit. How come everyone walking in and out of there didn't really right. notice? He's like, dude, you have fucking 28 bodies underneath, because he only had, he, I think he's like 27 or 28 right. there. But um, you have all of these bodies just getting nasty watching with the cable. Getting nasty in your fucking Ooh. crawl space. I found a fuzzy on the mic, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole house is going to be just... Soaked in the smell of dead bodies. Okay, come on, you big boy. I know. Is the cat? Anyways, <clears throat> yeah, his whole house would have been just vomit-inducing. Yeah, and I feel like also oh, where where they missed out, you know, by using mealworms instead of maggots, they also probably missed out on the fact that those maggots were going to eventually turn into flies. That house would have been covered. That in flies. house would have been fucking nasty with flies. Okay, you big fat fucking... Come here. I love you, but you're nasty. He just wants pets. I know, but can you wait until I'm done? He's gonna pull a baby kitty on us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the house thing, that... Yeah. Yeah, go around the back. Okay, don't. Anyways. Yeah, the whole house thing kind of irked me just a little bit. And they had, like, cockroaches, which, I mean... In in a normal person's mind, an insignia, you know, it's 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 just like the the embodiment of nasty. Okay, here, go over here. <laughs> go see Dad. Okay, 
It's just the embodiment of nasty. Yeah. I feel like the cockroaches really didn't have a reason to be there. He's in Chicago. Yeah. He's not in Los Angeles or anywhere where cockroaches are really going to be yeah. that big. Right. Because I've seen cockroaches here, and they're not this big. Yeah. They're fucking little baby ones. Yeah. And they're a pest, more than just a scary ass. No! Here, let me just help you. Thanks. Anyways, lay down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I liked it for a soft start. Like, like they don't show any of the gratuitous nastiness. Yeah. They don't show them physically raping people. Right. They, it's it's pretty soft when it comes to. I mean, we watched. What did we watch? What's the What's the last one we watched? My friend Dahmer. I think that's the last one we really watched together. Yeah, probably. And that one was a little. Bleh. Yeah. Not as bad as uh, the one that we. Which one is that one? You sound like your mom. You know, with what that guy hell? from that show? The, the one where they're like, he was a master of disguise, but all he did was like cut his hair and put on a pair of glasses. That guy. That wasn't a real, that wasn't a real serial killer. That was just a shitty movie we watched. I thought that one was based on, what's his face? Ted Bundy? Yeah. No. What, didn't we watch a Bundy one though? I don't think I watched a bunny one with you. Did I watch a bunny one I with you? I thought we did. The one where they got all the details wrong about how he escaped from the prison. and. Oh, yeah. What was that? Yeah. Vector. The, the most recent bunny movie, wasn't it? Well, maybe it was. Maybe we watched that. No, it was bit where they made it all about him and um, his, his girlfriend who was, you know... Stupid? Stupid. <laughs> and all that shit. That one. The, all and the, the, and the Netflix like, one? Yeah, and they like didn't even they oh, didn't even yeah, like me mention mad. basically any of his victims or like show him doing any of his crimes. It was basically just him being getting into handsome. prison. It was just him being handsome and all yeah. the girls dropping babies. That's a terrible yeah. serial killer. I remember movie. that one. Okay, that's the Netflix one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about that shitty fucking no, New Year's Eve no. one. It was because that was bad. No, no, no. He was like the rip-off Ted Bundy. Yeah, okay, now I get it. I had the two things mixed up. Okay. Yeah. But, like, no, we've seen some pretty nasty, mm. nasty, nasty things. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of a 45-minute podcast. Well, long overdue. That's okay, because I'm going to have to edit some of the dumbass shit that we say out of it. <laughs> but, not all of it, because I kind of, like having it raw yeah. and just letting you guys hear us be fucking idiots together um, so yeah our Facebook group is still a thing if you want to join um, I actually got a new Nightmare Soup book and I got the last book on the left if you guys would like to hear excerpts or we could do like a page through and we could enjoy it together whatever because um, we still plan on doing lives it's just this quarantine shit is getting rough. Yeah. And me having to work is getting rough. <laughs> and now I'm going back to full time, which will be rough. <laughs> but, yeah, not as productive as you think quarantine would be. No. Especially since you can't do anything. Like, we can't go and just willy-nilly fix up the house because fucking everyone and their brothers are stealing toilet paper from Home Depot. Right. There's like 50 people waiting to get inside. It's like, the fuck are you doing? Hmm. Go to the regular store. 
shitheads. So yeah, Facebook group is still a thing. Um, Double D Movie Night podcast in the search bar, and it'll come up. And uh, we still have a Twitter. It's movie underscore double. That's where you sort of catch me posting more gross and inappropriate things. Um, <laughs> we still have an Instagram. Uh, it's Double D Movie Night. And you guys are more than welcome to follow because I post pictures from every episode on there so you get to get a good glimpse at everything we see. Mm-hmm. Um, especially this one because you got, you got real pictures and you got movie pictures. Mm-hmm. So watch out now. Okay, Bigfoot. Okay, come here, you Bigfoot. Come on. You're almost time. Almost time. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah. I think... Um, me, hey, do you want to say something? Oh, okay. Good. Yep. All right. Okay, Tucker. Tucker gave you guys some headbutts. I don't know if that's gonna come through right, but he did. <laughs> and uh, Tucker says goodbye, and I say goodbye, and you say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to follow, review, and rate us on your favorite podcast app.